It was the craziest call I ever received. What the f are you doing? Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Jiggy John Show. This is the lockdown edition. I'm stuck at home in my home studio and constantly striving to bring on some amazing guests with great stories. So very recently we had uh, Prem who mentioned my next guest in the course of our last interview. And this particular guest of mine today was in uh, was a, was an influential person in Prem's career in radio. And so it makes sense to get him on today because this Anne is technically quite the godfather in radio and show business and all that shenanigans. So, ladies and gentlemen, coming on today online on the Jiggy John Show is my man, Fat Face. There we are. What's up, brother? It, uh, it's been a while, man. The last time I saw you, I can't even remember when. Oh, yo, I saw you when I was sitting in a restaurant in... Uh, Empire. In, um, yes. I remember you were standing outside. You were done. You were leaving for the day, I think. Yes. And I was rocking up because I was with my cousin. I was going to upstairs or whatever that joint was called. Tom, Dick and Harry or what? Something like that. You came and you pulled up in your car. I saw your car and you were like, that's Ziggy. And yes, then, sir. Yeah, yeah we, we just had brief hellos, hellos, and then yeah. off we went. That was but, it. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, obviously, I know of your exploits. You know of my exploits thanks to social yep. media. But uh, this whole MCO has given me this opportunity to uh, do some proper catch-ups with people who, you know, have great stories. And, and your story is long overdue. You right. know, so <laughs> I, first, I want to thank you for being on the Jiggy John Show. I love to do it. I've, I've watched quite a few of your shows, right? From your carpool, not karaoke, but interviews to your to your to your studio gigs and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, yes. I, uh, you know, I see I see a lot of stuff that you do. And I, I, I got to say, you're doing, a, you're doing an amazing job, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks, yeah, bro. Man. Now, lots of questions I want to pop uh, to you. And I know you sure, are a great storyteller. Uh, but so, you know, the full name is Fabian James. Fabian Jesse James. Fa fool. <laughs> I know, this right? One, this one like Samuel L. Jackson of Malaysia. <laughs> la. My, my, but, my, my father was a was a was a Western movie fan, la, Jesse James. Oh, no, no, no. Thank I, God you're not Clint Eastwood, la. No, no, no. No, no. Oh no, no, thank you. Know you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I but, so how, how did Fat Fabes come about? Like how did that name how did uh, or when did you pick that moniker? That name, uh, okay. That that one was given to me. Okay. Let let me let me try all my stories are very long. So this is a one hour forty-five minute kind of thing, right? Uh, you should do it. Like so can you episodes. can you condense this? My first question was actually tell me about yourself and how did you yeah. end up on radio. Right. So I think Fat Fabes is going to be tied in. So give me your the condensed version. Okay, there yeah. we go. Take it and go. All right, take it and go lah. Okay, so how I got hooked up uh, with radio? How I, how I got started? I always wanted to be an entertainer, right? Uh, I always wanted to do something different. I never wanted to do what other people were doing. Okay. Okay. Because I always wanted to be the center of attention. Okay. I am that attention seeker fellow. Lah. <laughs> ah, you know, family gatherings, I'll be the one on the table asking, Uncle, you want your drink or not? Ah, so that everyone will look at me, right? That's me. Right okay. here. Okay. Ah, so I'll be doing all these weird things in school. I'll be doing break dancing, lah, you know, getting in trouble. But uh, always wanted to entertain, but never knew that I wanted to become a DJ. Okay. 
Now, long story short, when I was 16 years old, still in school, uh, a roller skating ring opened up near in my neighborhood in Klang, Taman Berkeley Klang, Klang Boy. Wow. All right? It was an old cinema. This guy, I don't know from where he came, he decided to convert it into a roller skating ring. Excitement, never been to a roller skating ring, went right. there for the first time and I was in awe, not because I could skate, I was in awe because there was a DJ on the stage. Right. So wow. you know what I did? Every day after school, I go to the roller skating ring. I, at that time, I think it was six bucks or seven bucks or something like that. Expensive, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll go in there, but I won't skate. Huh? I'll, stand right. there, I'll stand there and look at a DJ. Right, right. And one fine day after a couple of months, I think uh, Apu got scared. Lah. Why is this Indian blood staring at me all the time? <laughs> <laughs> was it a Chinese DJ? Yes. Oh, joy. Clang some more? Uh, you know, the butterfly is from Singapore. Lah. <laughs> oh, yeah. in Clang? Yeah, because the owner, the guy who bought the place was a Singaporean. Okay, okay. So he brought this guy in. And so okay. one day the DJ came up to me and says, uh, excuse me, bro, you want to be a DJ? Ah? And that day my life changed. I said, ah, I can be a DJ. He said, I train you. Lah, but I cannot pay you. Ah. So every day after school, I go to the roller skating ring. And you know what? There were no turntables. There were no, uh, for those who know what turntables are, uh, there were no CDs. There was cassette decks, bro. What year was this, bro, if I may ask? Okay, la, I'm going to give up. Yeah, uh, this, was, this was in uh, in the 80s. So this was 1985, 86. I left school 87, form 5, 87. So 86. Okay. All right? Wow. Cassette, cassette decks. And this guy was playing cassette to cassette. Huh? Right. And he taught me how to play. And I got kind of good at it. Right. And, and one day he dropped the bomb on me. La. He came up to me and says, hey, the boss wants to see you. So I went in there and the boss said, uh, you want to work here? Huh? I was like, what? And get paid. 100 ringgit, bro, a month. In the old one ringgit notes. <laughs> I was a like, month? A month. How many days a, a week? I was there seven days a week. You're kidding me. You worked for 30 days for 100 ringgit. It was not about the money. It was the excitement of being there and getting to do what I loved. And how old were you, bro? 18? 16. I was still in school. I was form like, 4. I get, okay, so break it down for me. I mean, without 100 ringgit at, when you were 16 back in the day. A lot what, of money. What, was that enough money for a 16-year-old? That was more than enough money for a 16-year-old. Really? Yeah, I was living the life, brother. Well, okay, I'm exaggerating like now. But so I did it. I didn't care about the money, really. I got the gig. That was the most important thing. And why he asked me was, and why he was training me was simply because he had to go back to Singapore. Right, right. So I got the gig. I started working uh, cassette to cassette. You know, there's three decks, two for you to mix, one for you to listen, to rewind. <laughs> Get the spot, you know. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And, wow. and, and uh, so I was doing that. Then my father found out and he said, your grades go down. I will come there. So I made a deal with him. I did it. From five, I kind of took a break. I took a okay. step back. Okay. Uh, then after SPM, I went back. I went, but that's the only thing I knew, right? I went back. Mm. And one fine day, this, uh, this Chinese man comes up to me and says, hey, why don't you try this line? Gives me a name card. Okay. And, I, and I looked at the name card and on top of the name card, it said, The Music Machine. Patrick Teo. And at the bottom, the name was Patrick Teo. And I was like, right? So I freaked out. So I said, okay, okay. 
took the car. I went home. I told my mother. My mother, ah, Patrick Teo, because that time he was the bomb, lah. You know what I mean, right? Really, yeah. Patrick Teo was the man, golden voice of Asia and all that. So okay, lah. So I made that call. Some lady picked up. I said, I'm so and so and so. I'd like to see if there's a an available spot. And then the lady said, send me your resume. Okay. I had no clue what a resume was, brother. <laughs> I said, Ma, she asked something for a resume or something. <laughs> Thank God my auntie was in admin clerical. She said, come, I'll write a resume for you. So she did one and I sent it. And two weeks after Chinese New Year, I get a phone call. Let me guess, you faxed it, right? No email or then? No email. Sent, lah, eh. Sent oh, by mail. Mail. Oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> no access to fax. I don't think there was even a fax machine back then. <laughs> wow. Ah, two weeks later, I get a call. Okay. My mother is calling me on the phone, uh, calling me like, boy, come here. I'm like, what? Patrick, yo. I picked up the phone and Patrick was on the other end of the line. Wow. I couldn't believe it, right? And he says, uh, you're free next Wednesday uh, to come in for an interview. You know that voice, lah. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. I'm like, ah, okay, boss. <laughs> <laughs> really? I didn't know, dude, you were linked to TMM? I was, I was. Then, so what happened? So you went and met him? So I went for the interview, got drenched in the rain, went in there soaking wet. That time, take bus all, lah. Had to walk to Section 17. That's where the office was. Oh, wow. So from Klang, you took a bus to bus PJ to Section 17. A, 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 no, Asia Jaya. And then from Asia Jaya, walked. And then it started to rain. And then Asia Jaya, lost. you walked to yes. Section 17. Dude, I was crazy. I, I, if I tell you my story, as I said, three days can on this show. <laughs> Wait, why, why wouldn't you take a connecting bus from Asia Jaya to Section money, 17? Money, money, money. You were uh, earning 100 ringgit all you told me? You, what would a 16, 17-year-old boy do with 100 ringgit? Ah, king for a day. Of course. Come, come, eat, eat, drink, drink. Hey, you wanna come? And then after that, I got ten dollars up. Okay. Long yeah. story short, um, you met him. Met him, and then he said, "All right, uh, how much are you earning now?" Um, I said, hundred ringgit." He did the same thing you did, like that. <laughs> he was a bit shocked. Uh, then he said, "Okay, uh, we'll start you with training. Can you mix?" And I said, "Yes." In my mind, cassette to cassette. Mm. never touched the turntable in my life i said yes so okay come back next monday training will start for two weeks and then we'll place you in a club we'll audition you and if you get the job great and uh he paid for the training as well we got paid so which was great so came for the training first Wait, thing so off, was he offering you more than 100 or what yeah my starting salary was uh if i am not mistaken was close to 400 ringgit so it was a huge jump and for you me were 18 time. no uh that time i finished form yeah, finished from five. Yeah, about 18. Oh, you still, wow, you're very young. Yes, 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 I was. So I went and then he said, okay, so you said you can mix, uh, pull out two songs and uh, mix them for me. And I'm looking for the cassette bag, dude. Oh my God. And there were two turntables and a whole stack of vinyls. And I'm like, uh, Patrick, uh, I don't know how to do this. And so I thought you said, you know, I used cassette decks. And he just started laughing. He just started laughing. But I was already there, right? He says, all right, don't worry. That's why we have training. you got two weeks to buck up. And then you're going in for an audition. And my first audition, after the two weeks of training, yep. uh, was in a club called Faces. 103, Jalan Ampang. I'll never forget that. that jump. The old jump. No. Enough. Jalan now, Ampang. Now it's Saloma Bistro. 
Holy moly! Yep, it was the first bungalow converted into a club. It belonged to Bob Wong. Bob Wong all the way back then. Yes, brother. Wow. Yep, that was where my audition was at. Wow. So went there and he said our audition is at eight thirty because that that time no people were empty. I was there at five thirty, dude, prepping my sets. <laughs> so Apu walks in at eight thirty on the dot. Goes to the bar, sits down. Turns Who? To, uh, Patrick lah. Patrick, Patrick. Turns to me and says, "You ready to start?" I say, "Yeah, ready, Pat. Okay, go ahead." I, I was shake. I couldn't even hold the the, the stylus, bro. I was shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Started. Wow. I played twenty minutes. It was supposed to be an hour audition. I played twenty minutes. He looked at me and said, "I said, die lah. That's it. Mm. That's it. I am not going to get this job." So I sat down. He says, "Okay, come and sign your contract on Monday at the office." <laughs> oh my god! Wow, best feeling in the world. So I worked for him for ten years. You're kidding? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You wait. So when you say you worked for him, yeah, as a DJ, yeah, as a club DJ for ten years. Did you do anything else in between? Uh, that's where I started to learn how to MC. He gave us classes. Uh, you know the whole stage presence, body language, what to do when you're on stage, how to command the crowd. He gave us all that while we worked for him. So he was very generous with his knowledge. I'll tell you that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm very generous with mine. He he yeah. conducted all the training. Yes, all these training. We you can ask him. Back in the day, it was very small. Music machine was very small. It grew to be a giant, obviously, with Ad Audio and all these other companies around it, right? Uh, Back then, it was just a, quite a small company, and uh, so he does. So he calls us in once a week. We sit down. He gives you script. He teaches you how to to project your voice. That's why my right. voice is very loud till today. It's just it's in me, and I'm not mm. screaming, ah, uh, or at least I'm not even attempting to scream. And right, know? right, right. So that's where I learned how to MC. But he was a very, very strict boss. My first gig, bro, uh, it was a wedding. Okay. And the cool part is, 25 years later, I emceed a, a wedding, and the couple that I emceed for for the very first time, 25 years prior, uh, before that, were at the wedding, and it was like a, a sudden get together. It's like, oh my god, you emceed my wedding, you know, that kind of thing. But even they remembered I messed up on stage, and Patrick was a guest at that wedding. He coolly walks up on stage, gives me a kick on my butt, boop, and says, "What the play are you doing?" In front of everyone. Wow. And I tell you, you know what? It was things like that, moments like these, you will never forget. Wow. And it's things like that that changes you. Wow. Changes. It makes you humble. It it puts you in a place where, you know. I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but. I think being in this business, the most important thing being in a business like this is to be as humble as you possibly can. Understand? You know, that's why when you call me and say, "Bro, you want to be on my show," I didn't even hesitate. I said, sure. "Yeah, yeah," because from from one entertainer to another, yeah, I know exactly where it is. You know, I understand? I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so I'm trying to still. I mean, dude, I I didn't know this. I didn't know this about you, man. I mean, I I, I know you've been in the scene for a while. I didn't have a clue. So, you finished form five and you went straight into show business. Wait, I've had lots of problems in between. 
So ah. I come from. Ah, you see, I'm an Indian boy, lah. Of so course. So in Indian family, boy, for an Indian boy, after school you only have four or five job selections. Correct. Doctor, lawyer, engineer, accountant, accountant. Hopefully, you don't become a bank clerk. <laughs> right, right. Or a teacher. Last, ah. last cope. Correct. So my father said, nothing doing. You are going to college. You okay. are going to do law. Oh. I said, okay. Here's the deal. I will continue working. Okay. And I'll study at the same time. Whew. He said, okay, the deal is this. I do what I like and I'll do this because you really want me to do this. Right, right, right. So that was my deal with him. He said, okay, okay. if you can cope with it, great. So I used to work in Jalan Ampang, right? Okay. I live in Klang. Oh. I, I don't have a car. That's right. So here's, here's what I used to do. Three o'clock in the afternoon, after college, I come back. Wait, I which college and where? Uh, this was a, a small college uh, in Klang. It was okay. called it was called College Utara, but they were they had a law program going on. Understood. So I signed up there, and uh, so I finished my college. I come home, I shower, I get ready, I get into the, I get on the bus, I take the bus from Klang all the way to Klang Bus Stand, which is now yes. uh, Central Market. That's correct. Then I take a back then there was this mini bus. That's right. I, I remember a, the mini buses. There you go. I take the mini bus all the way to Jalan Ampang, get off. Finish work at two in the morning. All right. There's no more buses. Exactly. So I crossed the road where Renaissance Hotel is now. I'm getting yes. everywhere. Yes. Back then it was a small little kampung Melayu. Kampung Baru lah. Yes. There was no. There were no big buildings. All right. Right. And there was a little uh, garai. Right okay. opposite that road where okay. where the hotel is now. Yeah. Empty and a little garai there. Wow. So I go sit at that garai, okay, okay, with just enough money to drink one cup of tea, which was 50 cents back then. Right. I'll sip on that bugger till, till the cows come home. I look at the time then, five about 5.15, I'll start walking from Jalanpang all the way back to Klang bus stand, wait for the first bus, that's 6 a.m., to get on the bus and go all the way back to Klang, okay, take a shower, take an hour's nap, get back on the bus and go to college. And I did wow. that for two years until I got my driver's license. Okay. And then I used Apa's Kadi lah. Ah. <laughs> That's when Wait. the real parting started. Wait, so you 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 finished your law degree? Ah, uh, Halfway through, I was wasting my father's money. Okay. So I sat down and I told him and I explained to him and as difficult as it was for him, he said, okay, your choice. So I quit. <laughs> I quit. Uh, grandma stopped talking to me. Uh, lots of people were disappointed. Wow. Oh, dude, really. Uh, you know, all kinds of things happened. But I did what I did because it was something I wanted to do. You were passionate. Yes, dude. When I was on that stage, it was my world. No one can touch me. Today, you ask me what my second home is, apart from this home, it's the stage. Yep. I get on that stage and I know, I know how you feel. Yeah. When you get on that stage, nothing else matters, dude. It is what it is. It is it is showtime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why for those of us who do this and who do who, who are, I mean, as naturals, we live for that moment, man. Yes. Yeah. So, this, so that's that's a long story short. But how mm. the whole radio thing came about is because my boss was on radio. Okay, but Fat Fabes, the name. Okay. Is so that coming later? It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Ah. So Patrick was on radio and I always listened to him, right? 
Right. I like one day I got to get on radio. One day I got to get on radio. Until he also left radio for a while. Right. Radio 4 at that time. Yes. Then I went for my first audition with the radio station. I shall not mention names. Yeah. Uh, they said, sorry, no, you can't cut it as yeah. a radio DJ. Thank you very much. Okay. So I, I, you know, as a club DJ, is very different. Back then, you, back then a club DJ is, a, is an all-round entertainer. Yeah. You're on there. You're talking. You are trying to make people laugh. You're playing music. You're getting people to dance. These days, it's very different. You walk into a club, the DJs don't need a microphone, right? It's all yep. about the music. The music speaks, right? Yep. So it's very different. So uh, went for a second audition, uh, didn't get it as well. So continued working as a DJ. And then one day, somebody said, hey, bro, did you hear there's this place called Astro? Huh? They're opening up. Lah, and then uh, apparently, they got eight, nine radio stations. Why don't you try it? And I did. I I went for my audition, bro. Let me tell you. Uh, so at this point, when you auditioned, you had already been DJing for a decade? Yeah, 10 years. Okay. Okay. I went in there. They gave me a piece of paper to hold. Okay. I've done all the script reading and all that with Patrick and all that. That was not the problem. It was the nerves. I am holding on to the piece of paper. And every time I opened my mouth to speak, this is what happened. The paper was... I couldn't even read it. It was shaking until wow. the engineer from the other room came and says, bro, I'll hold it for you. <laughs> so I did my audition, got called in for a second audition and, uh, and the rest is history. Lah, bro. So who auditioned you? Do you remember? Who, yeah. who set up uh, Astro uh, I Radio? Was, I was, well, who set up Astro Radio? I Jeez, it was probably Anna Krishnan's idea. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know it was his but, idea, but... Yeah. <laughs> The, the the person that interviewed me was Lucy Leong. I remember that name. Why do I remember that name? She used to be a DJ on Time Highway Radio. There we go. Yeah. Lucy yes. Yeah. Wow. So she interviewed me. She she interviewed me and then she called me back for a second interview. And yeah, the rest is history. And then uh uh well, the other story is there, but but I think So your wait, your first one was with which station of Hits FM, is it? I did classic rock for nine oh. months. Oh, okay. That was before before the uh, uh, before the whole radio scene blew up. Right, right. Uh, blew into what it is today, right? Uh, so there was a radio station. There was a radio station called Classic Rock, which belonged to Astro as well. Of course, I remember that because yeah, yeah, that was the first year I was in university. Did, yeah, you go. I did breakfast for that station for nine months. Okay. And then one day, the bosses walked in and said, "Look, we're moving you to a station which is more suited." For you, which is hits. Because I remember I used to go to class every morning to Little Cap and Fly Guy. There you go. Yeah, that was my batch. But I came in nine months later. I was okay, I when I got into radio it was nineteen ninety-six, right? Correct. I, I didn't go on air till nineteen ninety-seven. That's when hits ah, launched. Yes. Hits, yeah. So so the first nine months of nineteen ninety-seven I was on uh classic rock. Classic rock. And then I moved to hits. Right. Ah, then I moved to it, and that's it. I was there for ten years, lah. But were you the breakfast show, or were you the? So I moved to a slot, the the ten to one pm slot. Ah. And then the night jock, who left, uh, uh, for some reason, uh, then I was asked to do the night show, and at that time they wanted to rebrand the night show, and they rebranded it as the late net show. Okay. So it was the first radio show in Malaysia that actually was broadcast on the internet. Oh, yeah, I had I had webcams and all that. 
Wow. And my first guest for that show was uh, was um, oh my god, Singaporean chap, singer, funny man. Moalkaf? No, not Moalkaf. Singer, singer. Ah. Oh my god. lord. Oh my god, I can't think of his name. Singer, Singaporean singer. singer. Yeah. yeah. Buddy, Buddy Lauren. Uh, no. No, no. Uh, uh, Malay chap who's now settled down in Malaysia. He sings English songs. He sings soul music, great music. Oh, Ooh. I cannot remember. He'll come to me. Like, he'll come to me. Wow. I, I've, wow. Oh, and, Farhad. No. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Farhad. Okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, and that's how the show started. And uh, to my surprise, um, after the first, first or second uh, month of the show, we started getting some really good responses. Yep. I even used to have the late net show dancers. Literally, we used to get dancers in the studio dancing on the console with, with some dude on the camera going like that. And that time, right, because the servers were not as big as it is today, six, seven hundred people, the thing hangs. Oh my word. People can't get in already. On, like... on Netscape browser. <laughs> and I had a little button where I can switch and speak to people through the net. Wow. So I switch and I'll go like, okay, guys, the late night show dancers are coming on in 10 minutes. So make sure you keep it locked. Hey, we were using dial-up internet. How to do all this drama? Astro can, bro. <laughs> wow. That was crazy days, okay? Wow. Yeah. So the late night show went on uh, until I left. Okay. Uh, uh, I left and I went to uh, fly. Uh, I was there for seven years. I did the breakfast show with my partner, Ben. 10 years in Hits FM, 9 years. 10. And then 7 years in Mix. Correct. And now wait, wait, no, 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 no. Fly. 7 years on Fly. Okay. And now it's 7 years on Mix already. So all Jeez. in all, it's 24 years. Are you kidding me, bro? Wow. I, I mean, I, I knew you'd been on radio for a while. It just... I know, right? It, it never... 24 years. Wow, 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 wow. How long did Patrick spend on radio? Probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years or more. Only exactly. And look at you. You're, you're dub- 2.5 times that, man. Like furniture, eh? <laughs> Have you but, ever spoken to uh, Patrick again, like after you yeah, left? Yeah. And, we, okay. uh, we, we've, we've had a couple of, uh, uh, call it? we had a couple of uh, uh, old music machine get-togethers and stuff okay. like that with the old boys. Uh, Come and hang out. Yeah, of course, of course. I've spoken to him a few times after that. So, would you remember Dolson Danabalan? I think Dolsey. Dolson, <laughs> Dolson came to the music machine slightly after I joined. Ah, because was- I used to work with him a lot when I first started my events company, ah. and that's when he used to tell me his story. I was from Music Machine, and that's when yes. I started hearing about it. Ah, okay, okay. And then I heard that basically Patrick churned out some of the greatest guns in town, lah. Pretty much, he music unleashed a, a lot of y'all. Yeah, he did, he did, he did. Music Machine was was the big boy in the business back then. Was it Gary Tanabalan as well? Uh, Gary Tanabalan was, if I am not mistaken, I could be wrong, if I'm not mistaken, he was with Nightbirds. It was a, a rival company. Oh. Uh, back then, it was, it was rival, but none of us were rivals. Everyone knew everyone. Everyone were friends. We used to go to whatever club you walked into, every DJ will acknowledge any DJ, no one would go like, "Ooh, that's from that company." This no man. Everyone, it was like it was such a small world, but it was the best world I had. 
You know, it's funny you say that. It really makes me think back to my clown days. And it was exactly the same thing, bro. Because I worked for Lobos. And, and right. to be very honest, they were so-called the godfathers. Lah. There you go. But then there was Ellen and Friends, who was also damn good. Right. And then Mike Chacha. So there was these three groups. And rivalry was high. Yes. But when we meet up as clowns, okay, lah, everybody like... Yeah, Friends, you know, right? They, the, the whole fraternity, you know? Yes, absolutely. So DJs, and I mean, as entertainers, yeah. So I, I can understand when you say that because I remember that we used to meet in public events or they'll be in the mall doing for another client and we are next up. So it's like, you know, it's a whole West Side, yeah, side thing going on, you know? So, you know, it's the same thing for MCs as well. True. I mean, dude, you are on stage. There's another MC seated as a guest. You yeah. mess up later, I'm like, I was here, dude, massive cover up, huh? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. Ha, ha, it's, it's all good fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But but it, that's what's great about this industry. True. You know? True. And there's no bad blood, you know, everyone's yep. friends. If you've never met the person before, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But you've heard of the person. And when you yep. meet, it's like you're meeting for the first time, but it's like you've known them for over 10 years. Correct. So... You mentioned something and it's actually completely on point with my question that I have for you, which is when I spoke to Prem recently, he mentioned that you were responsible for making him jump from hits to fly. Right. Uh, so what was responsible for you making the jump being at that time you were already a household name at Hits FM? Okay. So, wow. Good question. Lah. Um, I was on Hits for 10 years and yep. out of the 10 years, right, for the last seven, the first three years, I was finding my way, you know, trying to get, you know, things going. Yep. And then and in the last seven years, uh, honest to goodness, I had a very high rated show. Mm. All right. Now, it comes to a point when you think that, alamak, there's no challenge. Mm. You get what I mean? Yep. If you're always there, then what else is there? Yep, yep. Right? So, one fine day, I get a call from the other side and then uh, offering me a job. Mm. Uh, I was like, whoa, taken aback. I was like, uh, actually, no, I'm not looking for a job. And then um, they said, oh, it's a new station, la, 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 la. I didn't say anything about it. And then the station got started. The station got started. And then we were rivals, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but we knew everybody on that side and everybody on this side. Knew. Same thing, but business-wise rivals. And then, uh, obviously, uh, it, it went on for a bit. And then I get another call asking me if I still want to come on board. And I'm thinking, okay. And then uh, one day I went to meet up with one of them on that side. And they, yep. had a, they had a contract ready. And I looked at the contract. I looked at the fact that I was going to do the breakfast show. It's a new station. Then I started thinking about the challenges. Of course, there was some, you know, uh, other perks involved in it as well. All was great. And I went straight up to my boss and I told my boss. And this was the best thing. Huh? This was Who was your boss uh, back then? Oh man, the one and only Jake Abdullah. Oh, it was already Jake. Yes. Well, uh, when did Jake start take over and lead the radio stations? Huh? He was on air for a very short bit, and then uh, at the same time, he was also uh, the music exec. That means he was the guy behind the music. Mm. I mean, that man is amazing when it comes to music, like, Let's put it that way, like, huh? Yeah. He knows his stuff. He yep. can he can listen to you, and he can call you and tell you that you are one minute behind time. Just by listening. That's how good he was at what he was doing. Right? right then obviously, right. eventually, uh, he moved out of the DJ phase and he took over the... I mean, they gave him the, the position as a uh, program manager. I mean, yep. so run, running the entire station. And uh, 
yeah, and he was the guy. He he was the person actually behind my name, Fat Tapes. That's another story, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, it's Jake. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, anyway, long story short, so uh, I went up to Jake and I said, Jake, this is what they offered me. He looked at it and said, you know what? This was this is something really I never expected. He said this. He said, go make your money, do what you can do, but remember that the door is always open here for you. And seven years later, I'm back there again. And he welcomed me with open arms. Unreal, right? Wow. I mean, there'd be other bosses who'd be jumping because you're going to a rival station. He gave me blessings. I'm like, what? And when the man gives you the blessings, they're like, dude, nothing can go wrong, man. Hmm. So I, I did it. I did it because of the challenge. You know, it's something new. And, right. and I had a great time. Yeah. I never not have a good time when I'm on air. It's always sure, time, sure. Right? Funny, Prem said the same thing. So how did you end up pulling Prem there? So when I went there, uh, mm -hmm. Prem, Prem at that time was, uh, I think he was still a cruiser, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. And they were looking for talent as well. Right, right. And I've, I've seen I've seen Prem uh, MC, I've seen Prem, you know, and dude's got talent, lah, okay? Mm. I mean, let's uh, give credit where credit's due. Dude's got talent. So I, I, I called him, I said, bro, you want? And he said, I'll give it a shot. So I went to my boss and I told my boss, I said, look, there's this uh, person by the name of Prem. He's on uh, on kids. He's doing this right now. Yeah. Oh, can or not? I said you audition, you decide. And I I told Prem as well. I'll hook you up. Right. The rest is yours. Right. 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 So he came. He did his thing. And there you go. That's wow. It. So mm. so how did you get the name Fabes though? Fat Fabes. Sorry. Yeah. So you remember the Commonwealth Games in Malaysia? Of course, 1998. Yeah. So there was this uh, there was this. Uh, company that was the main sponsor Is okay that? i uh, i won't mention names lah. there's this company that was the main sponsor they were a drink company all right they were the main sponsor now they had there was another company also uh serving the similar kind of drink okay that were not the main sponsors but they wanted their name out there right, all right. now back then i was really round <laughs> So they came up and said, oh, you know, we want to sponsor one of your DJs. Uh, you know, uh, uh, how about this uh, Fabian Jesse James fellow? Is he interested to take up a challenge? And the challenge was a 70-day challenge to work out in MSN with the athletes. And I'm talking about Watson Yambek and all these people. Huh? Jeez Louise. Yes, jeez Louise. <laughs> 70 days to get wow and the program was called from fat to fit Whew. and my prize was an exact replica of the commonwealth gold medal oh wow if i managed to do it so i took up the challenge oh I, wow i took up the challenge and uh, obviously i had to carry the drink around to show that you know and what drink was it uh it's a it's a it's an isotonic drink let's put it this way. So one company was the main sponsor, one company was not. And the what? company that was not the main sponsor was the company that was the company that came to me and said, So you can't okay. mention names because I'm just uh, curious. I I would rather not. Okay. Yeah, but there are two main ones in this country. I think about okay, it. Okay, okay. So I think I got it. Yeah. yeah okay. 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 So it was the lesser one. Yeah. And, okay. and and they wanted their name out there as well. It's the Commonwealth Games, you know what I mean? So they got it through me by me doing these things with the athletes yep. and stuff yep. like that. Yep, so yep. 70 days, I lost uh, 11 kgs. I gained muscle mass. 
Uh, oh. I had a mild uh, six-pack thing looking. Uh, Come you know. on! I'm not kidding. There is a picture wow. in an old newspaper which I found the other day. I wow. can't. I was looking for that picture to share with you, and I couldn't find it. Wow! And okay. Jake, and Jake was there measuring me. Phew. And this was in front of lot ten, out in the open in the afternoon with reporters. Me, in, <laughs> it's like you weighing in for heavyweight champion of the yeah. world, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. <laughs> exactly. I was in my boxers, dude. Dude, find the photo, lah, please. I will, I will, I will send it to you if I do. Oh, but uh, so finally, the thing was over, and I made it. And I got the gold medal replica. Okay, okay. And we get back to the office, and then uh, suddenly, out of the blue, at our meeting, Jake says, "You know what? The Fat to Fit program. I think you should call yourself Fat Fabes. Huh? What Fat Fabes? Yeah, P H A T. Pretty hot and tempting. Fabes is <laughs> Fabes is Fabian. I said, sure. Go on air tomorrow and call yourself Fat Fates, and that's it, bro. Wow! That's... I cannot believe he christened you Fat Fates, and it's obviously people just call you that now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People I mean, call me Fates. People call me Fat. People call me, you know. So fat let's fabes. let's let me ask you this. So on average, okay, let's just say in a day, ten people. Yeah. Which one do you get called the most? Fat Fates more than. Apart from my close friends, of course, and my childhood friends and my family members, everyone else is fat babes. So in the industry, uh, or just uh, you know, outside of your inner outside, circle, yeah, uh, it's fat babes. Yes, yeah, you go. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's the same with me, right? Like I mean, my childhood friends call me uh, John, or like yeah. I got a one unique group who call me Johnny, right? Uh, and, and you know, everybody else just calls Jiggy. me Jiggy. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's man, I can. I can so relate, man. It's it's yeah. amazing. Wow. Well, thanks to Jake for that, man. Yep, absolutely. Um, amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, radio has been a huge part of your life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what would you say has been one of your weirdest encounters on radio? <laughs> I mean, dude, twenty-four have, years. Come yeah, on. I've told this story like quite a few times already, oh. but it 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 by uh, okay, you get weird calls. Okay. Because yeah? back then it was all about calls, phone calls, mm. right? Of course, of uh, course. Before, before social media, yep, the, yep. Lines, the lines just blink. Yep. The entire four or five hours, it never stops blinking, right? Yeah. And um, so you get calls, you know, there was one time this lady who called up and she's crying on the other end of the line. Uh, that's quite common, uh, you know. Uh, again, I, I won't tell the whole story because sure. it, it's not a funny, this was not a funny thing though. Of course, of course. she was very depressed and, you know. And Which I show was this, bro? Which show was yours? This was on the late night show. Ah, late night. Okay. Late, uh, mix. Late night show. Hits. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so these are these are very common things, and we're told what to do, what not to do, and you know, because you don't know how you're not an expert, right? You cannot yeah. give advice. Uh, you just need to know what to say, and you know, and move on from there. But there was this one time, right? I get this call, this weird call, and this and there's this person on the other end of the line making weird moaning and groaning sounds literally so i'm like what in the world is going on right 50 not... shades of fabes there you go that kind of sounds right so i called the engineers because we got inter an intercom system i said macha come to the studio now and listen to this by the time they this this person had finished moaning and groaning there were about 15 fellas in the studio that reminds me of Howard Stern. You know, he, he used to do that on the speakers and ask his listener to sit on the speakers yes. while he gives them a bloody orgasm. That, over the... 
But I didn't. This was not me doing it. This is somebody, some random person. That was. I didn't even know how it's done back then. Hey. So, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, of course. I, I, yeah. Finally, when that person ended, all of us, three, two, one. Oh, he started clapping. So wait, are you just telling me that somebody called you on air and got their rocks off? Yes. You couldn't tell whether a woman or a man. No, I, it was a woman, lah. Obviously. Oh, jeez, Louise. And when we clap right so loudly, obviously, huh? Never got the call back again. Are you for real, or dude? I am for real, man. This wait, but if, did we, if any but, of any of them who who were there at that time, right now watching this, they'd be laughing their socks off because, oh my god, it was the best. It was the craziest call I ever received. But it wasn't on air, right? You didn't put it on oh, air, right? Oh, obviously not. Because you have the delay and all that. Yes, obviously not. So nothing, air. nothing tops that to date. Nope. I mean, I've had people calling me complaining about their husbands. I've had this doctor who called me up once. She was crying, um, um, saying that she's not sober. At it's twelve o'clock. Uh, she has to wait for the kids to come home. The husband's not around. All kinds, but nothing beats that because that what there was no conversation. I go, right. I go, boom, hello, uh, <laughs> like, huh, hello. And it just went on, and he got louder. I'm like, okay, time for some audience, guys. Come in. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, okay. So, okay. So, if you were not in radio, what would you be doing? I guess I'd be doing law, lah. I cannot imagine you as a lawyer, day. I can't as well. I really can't imagine myself a lawyer. I mean, I, 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 how have your how has your family handled this now? Twenty four years later, or twenty five? Actually, oh, longer than that. Things changed. Obviously, things yeah. changed when I, uh, when they saw that that it was something I really wanted to do. When they saw that there was a path, there was there was a goal to achieve. Uh, you know, financially or or you know, uh, I managed to buy my own car. I managed to buy a home. Yep. I managed to. Then my dad realized that this is a career. Right. This is a profession. Yep. It is a form of art, you know. There's, sure. there, there are many things to it, yep, you know. Yep, yep, yep. And it and it just doesn't have to end here, like you and right. I, right? Right. This job has opened doors that you and I would never have known if we were not in this industry. No, no, for sure, hands down, hands you know, down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think after a while he realized that because mm. every time my dad and and every time someone asked him like, "What is your son doing?" Mm. His answer would be, "He used to do law." Oh, but not anymore. Not anymore. Right now, he goes like, "You've never seen him on TV, radio, mix hits. You know, uh, it's different." Ah, interesting, yeah. huh? Yeah, very interesting, bro. But wow. it was tough. It was very, very tough. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, So there were people. I mean, there were people around me who was always supportive of what I did. Uh, my mom, for one, but uh, mostly would be my wife because I've known her for donkey years as well. Okay. So regardless, even during my clubbing days, okay, you know, uh, okay, so that support was always yep. there, always right. There. But at the same time, certain people you wish would support you were not giving the kind of support. I understand? You know? Like my grandmother would say, "What is that even a job, a DJ? What does it even? <laughs> what does it even mean?" Right, right, right. You know? Okay. So, so if you if you must tell me your one annoying habit, what is it? 
Holy. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I think you're not the first one to ask me this, but I've got so many people who've asked, not so many, lah. a couple of people have asked me this, but I've got so many bad habits. I'm, I, I, One annoying habit, my own habit that annoys me, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, and probably everybody, or maybe that annoys your wife, your co-workers. Okay, a habit that annoys certain people, uh, mm. something about me that uh, annoys certain people uh, is uh, is the fact that I'm always smiling, laughing. Mm-hmm. I'm always, ha-ha, relax. Yeah. What's the, what's, what's the issue? What's the problem? You know? Yeah. Uh, some people get annoyed by that. Okay. But that's how I handle everything. Mr. Happy-go-lucky, lah. that's who you are. Mr. Happy-go-lucky. I mean, there were instances and times in my life, you know, when I was running my restaurant and things like that, where um, I changed a little bit. And okay. I, and I hated that side of me. Hey, yes, now that you mentioned that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What was they called? Old, wait, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I Dude, I've come there when you and yeah. Pam ran it. Oh, jeez, Luis. Dirty Nellies. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember that. The food was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, dude, that's when I gained more weight. But, yeah. Ah, yes. Dirty Nellies. That's right. That's right. But that's a side of me I hated. Oh. You see, to me, it's very simple. I do not have to be an angry asshole to run a business. You know what I mean? Yeah, if it's time to be serious, it's time to be serious. Right, right, But a right. serious situation doesn't mean you can't smile at it. Sure. Or you can't laugh about it. Mm. I can laugh and give you a solution at the same time. There's nothing wrong in it. Right. But, but there are people who get very annoyed by that. I understand. I and understand. then I found, I found myself changing. I became okay. a, a very grumpy, angry person after a while. Mm. Then, then, then I told myself, you know what? If I like to laugh, so be it. Screw everything else. Screw everyone else. Right. If this is me, then this is me. You know what I mean? That's very frustrating when people try to dictate how you should look like, what yep. you behave like. You know, yep. it's very, very weird. I had this conversation once with someone. Okay. Uh, many, many years ago. Right. And that time was the the torn jeans era. Right. <laughs> yeah, we all did that, lah. Of course, of course. So this person said, "What the heck, man? You look like a bloody beggar." Okay. My reply was, if Michael Jackson walked into that room in a pair of torn jeans, it's okay. He's, of course he's okay. He's Michael Jackson. Who are you? <laughs> okay. I didn't say anything. I just kept right. quiet and I walked away. But okay. in, my, in my mind, he is the same. He is a human being the same as I am who wears what he wants to wear. And okay. he, he can get away with it because he's Michael Jackson and I can't. I think that's wrong. Okay. So I'll keep wearing my torn jeans. You get right. it? Right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. No, no, go on, go on. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah. But so I think I think that's it. That that that's probably what annoys other people. I but understand. What, what bad habits that annoy me, uh, uh, that I have, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I must be enjoying these bad habits because I can't think of one. I can't think of any. <laughs> no. All right. I'm going to switch gears a bit, bro, because, it, you know, with, with, with this amazing uh, journey that you've had, I mean, 24 years in radio and then plus, uh, you know, the DJing years. So, uh, easily 30 years, correct? 34 years, yeah. Th- from Anne, I, you I'm, lied to me about your age. Uh, I, no, much, no, uh. I, I'm counting from the day I started 16 years old. Yeah. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Ah. So, so, 16, count, ah, so you're 50 this year? Yes. Ah, this year? This year. 
Wow. October 11th, one day before Prem's birthday. No way. <laughs> Are you planning a big kuta? No, la, there, there was one time that we, we, we did the party together, so we cut my birthday cake before midnight and cut his yeah, after Yeah, but bro, 5-0, bro. I know, no. How, la, bro? Social I mean, you look, you still look 30. Thank God Thank for the mortal. Eh, I know. You know? Social wow. distancing, you know, how they have a big... By then, should be okay, lah. You know, you better do a street party. Ah, uh, really now. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've got a... going to get some deeper questions in because I think yeah. um, viewers, listeners would love to hear this from you. So as a public speaking coach, right. what are some of the pointers that you can give uh, budding public speakers for effective communication strategies? All right, so, you know, um, there are a lot of speakers out there and you can learn from anyone and every one of them. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, everyone has something to share, share, and 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 that's great. Yep. But uh, there are also a handful of them that I personally know who go for for these courses and then yep. come come right out and in turn become trainers almost mm. instantaneously. Mm. Um, and here's what I want to say, lah. I think before we share, yeah, people because I think sharing knowledge is the most in, important thing. Sure. Uh, Knowledge comes with experience. Yep. You can't beat that. Of course. Right? Of if, course. I, if I sat with you, Jiggy, and, and I asked you uh, to share uh, your insights on emceeing, mm. although I've been doing it for donkey years, right? but there will still be things that you'll be able to share with me that I probably go like, wow. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, right? we never stop learning. Yep. Correct. So what I say to these people is go out there and experience it first. Mm. You, you get what I mean? I do, I do. Before you share that knowledge with someone. I waited 30 over years before I started training. You know, I've been for seminars, I've taken notes, yep. I've, I've tried out methods, I've, you know, you do these things to see what, what works best for you. And, and, and the classes I give are very straightforward. Nothing yep. more than three hours, you're done. Mm. So basically, I put it on a silver platter, tips and tricks on how Yep. And all you need to do is just take it, yep. apply it and practice. That's it. Right? <laughs> but if I went there and shared something that I ripped off from a book, mm. Mm. so my my uh my I, I don't I don't think I should say advice, mm -hmm. but I think what I'd like to share is if you are out there sharing knowledge, then you yep. should have you should go out there and first experience it. Yep. And then share it. So the whole first and uh, frontline correct experience is going to be your first lesson. Absolutely, because that's going to set you up. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I say this is, like I said, because I know of especially one who's taken everything off a book hmm. and has decided to share it. So how do you do that? You get what I mean? Koda. God, brother. Ni siapa ni? Hey, janganlah. Ni you. PM tepi, PM tepi. PM tepi lah. Ini, wow. ini, ini baru starting. So, you know, trying wow. to get there quick lah. Uh, so, I mean, there's no way, man. This no, one is no. all about the experience. You cannot teach this from a book. Absolutely. No but, way, Jose. No way, Jose. 
you know, you can, I, I, I guess you can get away with it for a while until somebody throws you a question that you can't answer. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm feeling nervous for this person. Like, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, those are like those internet gurus. Like eventually your scams catch up with you. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's for a different day, another topic. Yeah. So I um, say regardless of what you do for a living, at the end of the day, if you want to give it back to society, make yep. sure you've experienced enough of it. Yep. And then you share it, you know, it, because there is something to learn from everybody. Sure. You know, no one, I, like I always say, no one is better than anyone. Everyone is different. Everyone's got something to share. You could be on radio for five years and there could be something you know that I still don't know. Yep. You know, maybe it was too, my cloud was too high and my head was too up in the clouds that I didn't see right. that. You know what right. I mean? So, yeah. So, that's I, I, why. I, yeah. So, I guess I should have seen this coming. After 24 years, I knew I was going to get a politically correct answer. Lah. <laughs> he really? went, uh, you went around the I fucking around, Mulberry uh, Bush. <laughs> Huh? Roundabout Rajan, Papaya Palani, one round he went all the way to the Ura and came back to tell me that. Oh, <laughs> oh man. PM to PM, I'll tell you the other one, the other version. <laughs> okay. Now, the next question, at least, you know, you can you yeah. can speak from the heart. Lah. But yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. over 30 years in radio or entertainment, what have you noticed that has changed the most for radio? And do you think radio will still be relevant in the coming years, especially with the fact that there's so many streaming platforms and today's new age media outlets? Okay. Uh, tough question again, though. But I think radio will still be relevant, at least for the next 20 years. Okay. It will still be relevant uh, for many reasons. And one, of the, one reason is because I can have all my favorite songs and all that I love on my streaming but mm. there is no real personal touch like radio. Mm. You get what I mean? Yep. I can tell you a piece of news. You can read that piece of news on the, on the internet. Yep. But when somebody tells you that story, what? it's just different. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, although you say, yeah, yeah, I read about it. And then you listen to that story. You're going, <laughs> man, I'm less funny. Lah. I didn't see it that way. Right, Which right. you would not get in any of your streamings, uh, you know. Uh, True. So I think it will be relevant for okay. a while more, for sure. Uh, your other question was how radio has changed. Um, it has changed so much. Yeah. I, I think there's no one to be blamed for it, but I mm. think radio has changed because everything around radio has changed. How people perceive things, how people, uh, how people are how people are sensitive towards things, certain things that they that they were not sensitive about back then, 10, 15 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, hey, what is this? How can you talk about this? Mm. You get what I mean? Mm. Uh, it was, it's very difficult as a radio announcer as well. It, it's really, it, it weighs a lot on us because it's, it's uh, you got to think a million times before you say one sentence. Mm. You know? How is it going to come across? Who is it going to affect? How is it going to affect this person or that person? Would I be hurting somebody? Would I not be hurting somebody? Is everyone going to take it with a pinch of salt and just chuckle at it and walk away? Or is someone going to pick up the phone and call you out on it? Mm. These are hundreds of things that you think about before opening your mouth. And that's the reason why if this is force of habit. My yeah. answer to your earlier question was, a, is a force of habit. You get what I mean? Because... Yeah. I am that 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 figure that's on radio, mm. so it comes 
and do I say it this way? Do I not say it this way? How right. do I say it? Do I use the four-letter word, I, which I would naturally use if I was talking to you on the street at a mama shop? But yep. do I hold myself back? You know, you get what I mean? Although mm. I know the internet is slightly different, uh, you know, censorship is different, but do I still keep that? All this is a force of habit. And why is it it's become from that? Okay, wait. Ah, there you are. I'm in the center of the screen. Ah, mm. from that, it's become this. Yeah. It's because of the entire thing, the whole surrounding, mm. you know? Um, for example, if I faked an accent mm. and you knew it was a joke, but it was an accent not of my ethnic background, but of someone else's. Now, you laughed at it because it was a story I was telling you about this person, mm. but somebody else could get offended by it. Now, back then, everyone laughed at it. As True. A whole. True. So, so that's how it's changed. Hmm. Yeah, because it just struck me that you actually came of age on radio in the first year of digital and new age radio. Pretty much. Because I, I'm actually trying to think of those uh, from Patrick er, Patrick's era and before. Like, so I guess it would have been the Yasmins, the Kutsiakahas, and, yeah. and all that, uh, which some of them stayed on into the new age as well yeah. for, a, for a short bit. But so given the fact that you technically have been with radio uh, in its, I guess you can call it radio 3.0 or 2.0 or whatever it is, would you say like radio was different then i mean i'm not i guess i'm talking okay, about I, I think i know what you're trying to say your your right? your, your uh, personal yeah. your personal feel you know I, I guess you're saying like the political correctness and all that so that part i get it and i think yeah that is got nothing to do with radio or, or just the content it's to do with society and how just malaysia has changed so much you don't want to say it, but i'm going to say it yeah no and, and not, so, not just malaysia the entire world uh, yeah, but i was yeah. watching this uh, have you have you ever watched this series on netflix called uh uh, Queen of the South? No. Oh, 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 oh. Go, go watch it, bro. No, wait, that Queen Sono. I'm, I'm talking about no, another one. This Sorry. Is Queen, Queen of the South. Okay, uh, okay. It's about how this lady becomes a huge uh, uh, drug lord at the end of the day, right? Pretty cool, mm. pretty cool movie. Uh, very entertaining. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, and um, there was there was one line in the in that TV series. It's a TV mm. series, by the way. Mm. Four seasons out already. Okay. And there was one line in that TV series where this lady said said it like it was, and she said. To be politically correct is to lie. To say it like it is is to tell the truth. That is true. That is true. So I was like, wow, that made, that made a lot of sense. Of course. But getting back to your question about, about the different eras of radio, I have, I will, I, I mean, I, there's no qualms. I mean, there's no problem in me saying I loved radio back then. When though? Which period? The 96, 97 to the 2006 period, it was it was different in the sense that it, really, yeah, yes, it it was it was it was different, different. But but I still love radio today because radio today is so much more challenging. I give you an example what what I mean, right? Mm. Uh, I did TV for ten years as well, mm. and and TV to me was not as challenging as radio. TV is what you see is what you get. Right. I have facial expressions. I've got hand gestures, right? Yep, 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 yep. Radio is all about storytelling. True. And if you read books, right, you'll know that 97% of communication is nonverbal. So that means a radio person only uses 
of communication to try and build that whole picture and story and create, right? Mm. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, when you've given me with back then, there was so much yeah. that I could say. Yeah. Now you've given me this much, you right. just made it even more exciting for me. Right, 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 Because right. I'm going to have to tell you that same story in a different manner. Of course. And keep you just as excited without hurting you. Right, right. With so much more to think about. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's either you fall in the trap of trying to be safe. Yep. And just say the same thing every day and eventually people say, oh, yo, this is no good already. Lah. Can ask you to leave. Lah. Or you keep yourself excited and keep yourself going and keep it within that scope. Walk the line, don't cross the line, remember? But that line has just gotten thinner. Lah. You know what I mean? So I so, think it's just as exciting. But and when I say exciting back then, it was because it was fun, ha ha, laugh, you know, do stupid things, put on a dress, so what? You're a guy, it doesn't matter, no one's gonna say anything. They know you're doing it for fun, take a picture, you know, uh, post it in, uh, on the magazines. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. These days you gotta think about many things, but it's still just as exciting because it's different, obviously. But now you've got you've got the internet, you've got uh, social media. So now a ra uh, radio announcer doesn't just I dare to say, wouldn't just rely, uh, rely on, on radio. But now you got to think about, okay, what video am I going to post to the yep. social media page? It's got a link back to radio, right? You actually just made me realize something. Is there anyone else who's had a non-stop run 24 years like you? Is there anybody else still with you or, or still doing radio for, like in the new age digital astro? Let's talk about radio and astro's term, not, not, not Radio 4 and all that. I think on mix, I think Rod is. But Rod is, wasn't around here 20, 24 yeah, years because he's Singaporean. Yeah, he's Singaporean. There's a count. Sorry, I'm not going to Malaysia. Is there anyone I, else? I, I don't know, lah. I really can't think of anyone in 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 my working working environment, Astro Radio. Uh, All have come and gone. Nobody's still there. Pretty much, yeah. Holy shit, dude! <laughs> I'm still here, man. No, Damn. I mean, I I this could be something to talk about, especially okay, lah. Next year, in 25 years, but we'll do a uh, celebration. Which, dude, you probably should be in freaking Malaysian Guinness Book of Records, lah. For to, dude. Okay, dude, oh, you're oh, calling oh. them up tomorrow. No, I actually met them this year. I, I know them oh, directly. Wow. You want to do something, Brent? Something to think about. You're right. So I suggest you go and do your homework. I'm not, I'm not asking you to toot your own horn, but I can yeah. help you toot it. Because, Thank you. Yeah, nicely uh, toot it. No, you know what? Can you imagine when you hit 25 years and it could very well be a Malaysian book of records? Or post, possibly a radio. Uh, we go. Let's go and check online. I mean, internationally. Yeah, 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 yeah. But hey, dude, how many people can have a full run uninterrupted? When you did TV, you were still on radio, right? Yeah. That's what right. I'm saying. You never yeah. took a break from radio in yeah. 24 years. Am I correct? Yeah, never took. Not well, a sing. When when I did the switch, yeah, lah, Of course, there was like the three month break, move, waiting to move to the other side, from. Uh, from uh, from uh, negligible lah, because you yeah. were switching jobs and you yeah. were still in radio. You didn't exactly yeah. walk. Yeah, yeah, no. You no. could just say annual leave lah for fuck's sake. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, annual leave lah. Yeah, yeah, annual leave, annual leave. One more thing. Mm. Uh, if there was one message, or I want one message from you to your fans and listeners. I mean, twenty-four years, dude, coming yeah. up twenty-five. Uh, what is it that you would put out there? I think the one thing that I've learned being in this industry, like I brought it up earlier, and this is exactly what I'll share with everyone, regardless of who you are, what you do for a living, how much money you have, how much money you don't have, uh, what car you drive, where you live, 
be humble. Mm. Just relax and take it easy. Everyone's the same. Not everyone gets the same opportunity, but everyone's the same. Just relax. Be humble. Be yourself. Be real. Love it. Love it. I mean, it's funny. I mean, um, you know, Prem said the same thing. You're saying the same thing. But it's like, I think anyone who knows you and who has watched your journey, I mean, I, I in all honesty, I, I can't say that because I obviously didn't know you from Adam before. Yeah, yeah. I've only known you in the industry. And at every single time, you've been this humble Jola. And, and 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 so and it, you, obviously you have as well. So you know. And so obviously that's who you are, and I love that about you. Uh, and I think anyone else can 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 definitely uh, lay hold to your statement. So I, I like the fact that that's really your key message. So just before we go, uh, did some poking around on your social media platforms. Uh, there's two. <laughs> there's two photos here which uh, I think have got some good backstories, lah. And mm. I think I'd love to hear it from the horse's mouth, lah. Let's see so, the pictures, let's, let's take what, a look at this. Tell me, tell me, these? tell me what's happening ah. here. Oh, Mr. Agilantani. Yes. Uh, we all know his story. The reason why I, I, I think um, uh, I was so honored to meet him was because of his backstory. Um, it's always about the journey, right? Um, mm. People tend to look at the end result. Forget about the end result. Always look at the journey and this man had an amazing journey as a young chubby boy when he's telling me the story right i could literally feel it uh, a young chubby boy uh, and 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 he being bullied and and he decided to to turn his life around okay and not be the victim and play the victim and go around crying and asking for help but okay. instead he turned his life around and look at him today champion who would think he would become a champion mma fighter Oh, he's an MMA fighter. Mixed martial arts. Dude, this player can put you down like that. Oh, wow. Malaysian. Malaysian. Agilantani. Go check him out. Uh, uh, he's, he's got an amazing story. And the one thing I will tell you when I met him was, dude is the most humble, down-to-earth person I've ever met. I should probably interview him. You should. You should. I'll hook you up with the contact. Ah, can, 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 can. Uh, really I love down. it. I, I love the story. I mean, he obviously yeah. looks at like a very young man. But you must listen to his backstory. He comes from Sentol, how he was bullied and all these things. Uh, just crazy. And where he is today and why he is where he is today. Uh, the hard work that he put in. Yep. I mean, he was a chubby boy. Yeah. But the hard work that he put in and, and when he got into that octagon well, ring, uh, yep. dude, he, 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 everyone was in awe. It's like, where did this dude come from? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing story that one. When did you meet him? When was that photo? When he, uh, this was a couple of years ago when he came to Astro. Uh, okay. He came in for an interview and I was waiting to see him. And when they said he was there, I just wanted to go and see him. And, and mm. we had a quick chat. Humble, down to earth. Uh, he can teach me a thing or two. I mean, you obviously remember it so well. Yeah. So obviously, he obviously made an impact. And, and that's yeah. what it's all about. So here's one more. What's the story here? Take a good look at this man's picture. One day he walks, uh, my boss comes in and says, oh, you, you need to interview someone. Uh, I say, who is this person? Uh, this person just went up the, uh, the peak. What peak? Mount Everest. Huh? How come I never heard about it? This is one of those teachers, huh? No. This is a more recent one. I'll, oh. tell, you, I'll tell you exactly, exactly. Oh, wow. So this guy was a really unfit man. One day his friend says to him, I'll tell you the story. I'll on his behalf, I'll tell you the story. You can't interview him because he's passed away. He, 
he died two years ago. When was this? A year after, so 2017. This was how, 20, old was, how old is he? I think he was in his 40s. You can, you, 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 you well, I'll tell you the story first, okay? okay? So he comes in, he sits down, uh, we are interviewing him, he's telling us uh, he was an unfit person, his friend said, let's go hiking one day. They go hiking, uh, he gets hooked on hiking from one hill to another to another, then he gets this big dream of going up Mount Everest. Okay. He told his wife and his parents, uh, I don't know wife, but he told his parents, parents say, you must be mad. Don't go there. Don't kill yourself. How many people have died? All these things. He quietly went and trained, used his own money. No one would sponsor him. He learned and trained and did everything on his own with his own money. Took his own trip to Nepal, went and got his own guide. This is a story he's sharing with us uh, during our interview. Got oh his God. own guide, go up to base camp, okay? Getting ready at three in the morning to climb up the peak, and his guide turns around to him and says, "Your window of opportunity is closing. I don't think the weather is going to hold." He told himself, "If I don't go up today, I am not going to go up at all. It'll never happen." Because they have people who've gone up to base camp, stayed there for three weeks or something like I was telling us, uh, and just can't go up and pack up and come back and try again next year, right? He didn't want that to happen. So he told his his uh, his guide. He says, "Are you with me?" The guide said, "You want to go? Let's do it." But I cannot promise you how long you have up on the peak. After don't know six hours or eight hours, climb up the peak. He reaches the peak. Now one week before that, the world's best climber had died, huh? in Everest, and he actually had to pass a ravine where you could see the the guy's uh, body at the bottom of that ravine. He had to pass it. So anyway, he gets to the peak. He spends two minutes at the peak. And the guy said, turn around. We have to get out now because the weather is changing. So two minutes at the peak, he comes back down. And then he comes to us. We interview him. Great. Then he tells us one thing. He says, next year, I'm going back. If not, the year after. I'm going back to Nepal, but I want to climb the other mountain. There is apparently another mountain. Not Everest, but an even more difficult climb. Shorter than Everest. 2018, he goes there and he never comes back. He gets lost on the 15th of, uh, oh God, what was it? May, was it? And on the 20th, they found him. Oh, they found him? They found, they found his body. But where? He didn't have a guide? He had a guide, but they didn't make it. The guide also didn't make it? I don't know if the guide made it, made it or not, but normally, they also don't. Uh, yeah. And the, the sad thing is, right, uh, this was a lower peak, so they could bring him down. If you, if you die on, on Everest, chances are they, there's no one bringing you down. That's, that's there. You are there. That's it. That, that's your next home. And, wow. and when I read it in the papers that next year, I was like, oh, my God. This is the man I interviewed. Yeah. And he told us his story, right? How yeah. much he struggled to get to make sure he got to Everest. And these are people who walk a path that no, you and I would never walk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That these, these are unsung heroes like, to me. Like, these are crazy yeah. stories. These are, are, are people who take the road less traveled. These are everything. Yeah. You wow. Know? I mean, again, Fabes, I mean, you, you have obviously, you know, s s had a, a great span of a career, which is far from over. You've met amazing people. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, these two photos stood out and, and, and I, I love the stories that came with it. 
So just like that, we've been talking for 76 minutes and 15 seconds. What? Oh, yeah. No wonder my wife's gone up to sleep. <laughs> so when an Apu who's been talking on air for 24 years agrees to an interview, what are you all expecting? <laughs> Nothing short of a yakky yak session, but... Correct. Amazing story, bro. Is there anything else you want to put out there, man? I mean, because, you know, you, you're obviously a walking encyclopedia of sorts, like, you know? Not really, lah. I mean, it's all good. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Just stay um, safe, stay at home, do all of those things. So, yeah, one final question. Yeah. What's your take on the show must go on? What's my take on the term the show must go on? Yes, sir. The show must go on. What? What? else can I say about what what do you mean by what's my take on the show must well, go have on? you ever been in a situation where you've had to ah. oh yes many times ah, that's but, what I meant la. okay that's what you meant la. stylo la, the way you put your questions I like it very nice okay um, I'd like to share someone else's story because sure. I think that story is better than the stories I'm going to give you okay I, I've, I've, I've been sick I've, I've gone into the studio with my face swelled up like that and an allergy and Jake walks in and says, what the flip are you doing with your face like that? Go home. Right. No, right. The show must go on. Right. right. But I'll tell you this story. So a colleague of ours, again, again, I won't mention names because you don't know like, who likes to be mentioned and who don't, right? Um, sitting down, doing his show. And then he gets a call. And the call comes in and it says that his dad has passed away. Hmm. He's got two hours of the show left. There's no one that's going to come in and replace you for just two hours. You can't get anyone last minute. For that two hours, the show did go on. Can you imagine what was going through his head while, while trying to make you happy and laugh and smile mm. and get you entertained? Mm. In his mind, his dad's passed away and he's... That's crazy. But I just, I just thought I'd share that story with you. Like, this sure. is, is, these are these are people who are dedicated to what they do, la, I guess. You know, it's it's yeah. different level. La. Have you ever been in a situation? Uh I've been in many situations, but nothing as serious as that. Nothing okay. as, as serious as severe. And you as witnessed that. it, and I think that's powerful, right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, you know what? I am really not gonna keep you up any longer, dude. I mean, oh, I thought it would be a short and sweet <laughs> chat, but who are we kidding, lah? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Who, who are we kidding? Who, you can talk, who, I can who talk. who can talk and talk till the cows come home. Correct. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have just witnessed or heard the story of Fat Fabes, Mr. Fabian Jesse James, uh, almost became a lawyer. Thank God. <laughs> became a DJ mixing cassettes. Yeah. Moved on to vinyls and then yeah. eventually CDs came along, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now he's been on radio for 24 years. So, if there's ever a story of perseverance and working hard and staying strong to the game is this man right here thank, thank you, you very much for being on the jiggy john show brother man absolutely enjoyed it loved it you're doing an amazing job keep the show going bro it could be the best show on the internet <laughs> <laughs> i mean do Isha. it and kill it or else don't do it right yes sir go big or go home oh, so yeah, folks, exactly this has been another episode of the jiggy john show uh once again don't forget to like subscribe and all that nine yards to jiggy john tv where great stories will constantly be coming stories to empower stories to build you up just like my man has just shared his journey so again thank you so much bro Fat Fade, you, brother. Rock on, and make sure you make it into the malaysian book of records for yeah. the hardest working radio announcer <laughs> the country has ever seen 24 years I'll 25 years. I, I'm pretty sure, dude, that record's going to be yours. All right. Yeah, for sure.
Make sure you, when you give your thank you speech, all make sure you tell them. Jiggy yeah, gave me the idea. La. Yeah, otherwise I would not be in that book. Yes, yes, I will. Kotefila <laughs> won't give up you know, any opportunity. Kotefila will take full advantage. Full advantage, huh? By the way, you know Ananda Krishnan is actually my uncle, my mom's cousin, yeah? Why aren't you taking advantage? Never met the Fleur. And, uh, Allah if, if not, I will volunteer my services as the hardest working slonish boy in town. Correct, that's why you should be yeah, doing but... things. No, no, no connection. Anyways, that's not important. Right. <laughs> we all have a path. We have our journey, and we've been Absolutely. doing it, and that's what matters most. So, Absolutely. thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Thanks, brother. God bless.